Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the Raiders wrap up their season with a loss to the Chiefs, 31-13. We'll talk about the game, more importantly, the aftermath of the game. Plus, you'll hear from the players in the Raiders locker room following the game. It's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, Monday, January 9th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Lockdown Raider Podcast free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Thanks to my man Ari. Definitely appreciate him and all his efforts, plus the three-point-something thousand subscribers that we have right now on YouTube. We definitely appreciate you. If you check it out for one minute or 31 minutes, we do appreciate that. Today's edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast is being brought to you by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online available to people worldwide and they have a special offer for all locked on raider podcast listeners you can get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on so let's get into it got a lot to get to and unpack on today's show and it's officially the offseason raider nation uh the team loses to the kansas city chiefs 31 13 ended up 6 and 11 overall as their 2022 record 2022 season overall record they had an opportunity to be spoiler to the kansas city chiefs and it was funny when I'm sitting there at the game at Allegiant Stadium, I was sitting there. I did the pregame, pregame show uh, from about 10, 10 o'clock to about 11.15, then passed the sticks on to JT and Eric Allen for the official pregame show. I was telling everybody that would listen, I don't know what it was, but before the game, it felt like, you know what? The Raiders are going to win this game. There was a different feel, energy in the building pregame uh, that was way different than it was on Sunday against the 49ers. It just, something felt different. So anyone that I talked to, and I do appreciate meeting everyone at the Torch uh, when they come up and hang out at Allegiant Stadium. It was awesome to get to know people, why they listen to the podcast, how often they listen to the podcast, you know, what the story is behind it. It is fantastic. It really is. I, I don't take that for granted, but I told anybody that can listen. I kept saying, man, I just got a good feeling about this game. I think the Raiders are going to win. Well, they lost 31-13. <laughs> so, so much for that feeling I had, right? Sometimes I have a really good feeling, a gut feeling, and sometimes that gut feeling is gas. Apparently, on Sunday, that gut feeling was gas. But We'll go ahead and take a quick look at the numbers. Uh, nothing really to shake a stick at. Jared Stidham, he came back down to earth, 22 for 36, 219 yards, a touchdown pass, and an interception. Also had seven carries for 50 yards in. You know, for anyone who thought that Jared Stidham after one game against the 49ers, and I understand the overreaction because it was the number one ranked defense in the league, anyone who overreacted was like Jared Stidham is the dude, got a harsh dose of reality on Sunday against uh, on Saturday, excuse me, against uh, against the Chiefs because he just he looked like he was a guy getting his second career start. Not saying he's not a good quarterback. I, I still like him. I think he brings some some good to the table, but I do think that he's really better suited as a backup quarterback. Now, that's not saying forever for the rest of his career he's going to be a backup quarterback, but honestly, I think that that's who he is. You know, it's so funny when you look at the AFC West and you think about the quarterbacks, you know Russell Wilson's going to be in Denver for a while. Of course, Justin Herbert and the Chargers are going to be there for a while. And then you have Patrick Mahomes, who you just saw uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's so funny, so many people that were banging the table and saying Jared Stidham is the truth, he's the next guy, this, that, and the other. He still would be the fourth worst quarterback in the division, right? And those were those conversations that we had before the season when it came to Derek Carr and where he ranked Jared Stidham because he's done nothing would automatically default 
to be in the fourth-ranked quarterback in the division. I just think that the Raiders need to find a, get, a way to get a guy that could be a dynamic dude for some years to come. They need to find their Patrick Mahomes. Not saying it's going to necessarily be the same guy, but they've got to find their Patrick Mahomes. They've got to find their Justin Herbert. They've got to find their young gun that they can feel like they can ride, like they rode Derek Carr for nine years, feel like they can ride for the foreseeable future and feel very comfortable. I don't know how that's going to come about, of course, there'll be tons of conversation in the offseason. I've told you already what I think the Raiders are going to do as far as go out and get a veteran quarterback for the next couple of years and maybe have a, a rookie uh, you know, sit behind him and learn. Whoever that, that veteran quarterback is, that's fine. And let me tell you this while I'm talking about veteran quarterbacks. Because I'll mention a name, because I'll say a Tom Brady or I'll say a Jimmy Garoppolo, doesn't mean that I'm pounding the table for any of those guys. I'm just telling you what I believe that the team is going to do. It's not me saying this is what they need to do, and I ho- sure hope they do this. I'm just saying this is what direction I think they're going to go. I've had a lot of people kind of push back already and said, you know, stop stop talking about Tom Brady. Stop trying to push the narrative. I'm not trying to push the narrative on Tom Brady at all or Jimmy G. Jimmy G, I, I very much think, would be a lateral movement from Derek Carr just because of his injury history. But he does know the system, so that's why I think that he's going to be a guy that they're going to consider. And Tom Brady, I know he's a guy who knows the system. Obviously, he's a guy that's, that they're going to consider. And the owner also is a big fan of Tom Brady, so there's that. I don't know what they're going to do. Gut feeling tells me they're going to go with a veteran, and then they're going to try to draft a young guy to sit behind him and learn. And, and that's just... That's just the bottom line when it comes to that. Some more numbers while we're looking at the game. Josh Jacobs, 17 carries, 45 yards. Not a big day for J.J. We found out that he didn't even think he was going to play in the game. Matter of fact, he wasn't even going to play in the game. His dad told him to play in the game. Uh, We found out earlier in the week when I was going over the injury report and he had been off for a couple days because of personal, that personal was that his dad had to have emergency heart surgery and that his six-year-old son is actually the one who made the call to 911 because he saw something was wrong with Grandpa. Like, it's just, I mean, a very emotional story. Josh was very emotional in the locker room after the game, and the only reason he actually played in the game on Saturday is because his dad said, I want you to go play. So he did. He said he was on about four or five hours sleep max. You know, he flew into Vegas very late on a Saturday morning or Friday night, Saturday morning, and went and played in the game. And again, only 17 carries for 45 yards. But he did ultimately win the rushing title, which I was very excited about that uh, because, well, Nick Chubb didn't get enough yards and neither did Derrick Henry. So even Josh Jacobs having a, a down game still was able to win the rushing title with 1,653 yards on the season. So I thought that was awesome that he gets that little feather in the cap. Not something that he's going to brag about, but I just think it's cool for him and his Raider career. And now we'll see the next chapter. I do believe uh, the Raiders will bring him back. I think the Raiders are going to do everything in their power to bring them back as they should. Going on with the numbers, Devontae Adams, five catches for 63 yards. That was something I was paying attention to going into that game, looking for him to get five catches to put him at 100 and get over 57 yards because you wanted him to get over 1,500 yards. Well, he did that. Actually, he got 73 yards. Excuse me. Uh, So he's sitting there now. uh, How many yards did he get? 1,500 Try to see the exact total of the the yards that he has. I want to say he's at 1,517 yards, something like that. (laughs) I 1,516 yards. So Josh Jacobs ended up the season with 1,653 rushing yards. Devontae Adams, 1,516 receiving yards. And they're only the fifth team ever, fourth franchise, but fifth team ever to have a 1,500-yard rusher and a 1,500-yard receiver. Uh, they're, they're now with the 1,999 Colts, the 95 Lions, the 95 Cowboys, and the 91 Cowboys. 
Now you add the 2022 Raiders. The only problem is all those other teams made the playoffs and the Raiders did not as they ended the season at 6-10. and 10. But I thought that that was cool that Jacobs got the rushing title and Devontae Adams went over 1,500 yards. And you'll hear from both of those guys coming up in segment number three as we take you inside the Raiders locker room. Uh, also, after the results of the Sunday games, we found out who the Raiders 2023 opponents are going to be. Of course, we don't know what order the schedule is going to be laid out, but we do know who they'll be playing in 2023 if you're interested of course the division games the Chiefs the Broncos the Chargers but they'll also at home be hosting the Patriots the Jets the Packers the Vikings the Giants so that's uh that's going to be interesting and then also um away games will be the Chiefs Broncos Chargers division games Bills Dolphins Bears Lions Colts so there's that as well, and that was based off the Browns Steelers uh, that Week 18 game where the Steelers came out on top. So uh, there you go; those are the opponents that they'll be facing at home. Again, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Chargers, Patriots, Jets, Packers, Vikings, and Giants. Um, and then let's see how many is that? That's seven. They should have nine. So was it Browns and Steelers as well? I think maybe the Browns and Steelers as well. I don't know. <laughs> I have to go ahead and and and, and check that out again, but just to double check because they'll have nine home games this uh, upcoming season in 2023, as opposed to the eight away games. All the Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Bills, Dolphins, Bears, Lions, and Colts. That makes a lot of sense. So there you go. Uh, those are the games that they'll have away and home in 2023. Of course, we don't know what the schedule will look like. Uh, Later on this morning, Josh McDaniels, uh, he'll have a presser, a season wrap-up presser at 9.30. And then the locker room action, the final locker room action will be followed after that about 10.15 to 11 a.m. So, of course, on the podcast coming up tomorrow, we'll have some sounds from Josh McDaniels and whoever we're able to get a hold of and talk to in the Raiders locker room following. I don't know who's going to be there because some of these guys are going to be ready to make a beeline out of of the facility once everything gets wrapped up. Their extra interviews are over. Uh, They'll have the lockers cleaned out pretty quick fast in a hurry and they'll be out of there so I'll do the best I can to get as many players on there as as possible and bring it to you coming up on tomorrow's show coming up segment number two want to talk about the Raiders and the work that they have to do to compete with the team that they lost to in week 18 the Kansas City Chiefs because ultimately that's what it's about right the Chiefs have won the division seven seasons in a row somebody has got to knock them off and to knock them off you've got to be better than them and You see how good they were. We saw it up close to personal on Saturday, how good they were. The Raiders have a lot of work to do to be better than that team. We'll talk about it. I'll tell you about three things that I think are must that they have to do in the offseason to even have a chance to compete with Kansas City. We'll do that in segment number two after I tell you about a couple great sponsors here on the show. And the first one is Tommy John. Winter mornings are brutal. So here's my tip for tackling the day in comfort. And look, I'm one of those guys that don't like to be cold. I know it doesn't get super cold in Las Vegas, but even then, I don't like to get cold. So uh, any chance I can to stay warm, that's what I'm going to do. You should grab new Tommy John loungewear and take cozy wherever you go. If you're like me, and no matter where you are, there's some places that are super cold and you really need everything you can get. And then there's some places like I'm here in Vegas where it's just cold for me. (laughs) So I make sure that I am always really, really warm. Tommy John loungewear. Loungewear, pajamas, underwear. They got dozens of comfort innovations. All you got to do is go check them out. They've got over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews. People love Tommy John. Matter of fact, Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. That's right. Uh, matter of fact, they sent me a pair of loungewear uh, to just to try them on, just to see, hey, you know, how is this? Uh, do you like these or whatever? Man, I put them on. Fantastic. And on top of that, super 
super comfortable. And that's the thing about it, man. You want to be comfortable in the new year, right? Start by grabbing new, unbelievably cozy underwear, loungewear, and pajamas from Tommy John. Get a resolution to be more comfortable with yourself in the new year. It's real easy. Grab the Tommy John loungewear, cozy up in 2023 in softness and in style. I cannot go over that enough because it is all about being comfortable. It's all about being warm. And on top of that, it's about being stylish. Well, I guarantee you what, all that is going to be what you are when you have and you're using Tommy John. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. That's 20% off right now at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. Go check out their website. Check out everything that they have to offer because they are pretty amazing. Again, TommyJohn.com slash locked on. You'll save 20% off your first order. I also want to let you know that this episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. And I'll tell you right now, there's a time in everyone's life, and you don't know what's coming. You don't, you might not even know when it hits you at first, but it's coming where you're going to need someone to talk to. You're going to need someone to hear you out. You're going to need to have someone to be there for you when life happens. That's how I like to describe it, life, because there's really no way of describing it. We've seen a lot of things go on in the NFL the past uh, week or so with some massive injuries that have folks realizing that, hey, Life happens. When I was in the Raiders locker room on Saturday following the game, the loss to the Chiefs, you could tell it was an emotional locker room for everything that had gone on with DeMar Hamlin to everything that had gone on with Josh Jacobs' dad and them not even knowing that he was going to be playing there. So sometimes you just need someone. I'm actually really good friends with the Raiders therapist that they have. They have a doctor that they bring in, and many players have talked to this doctor. This young lady is a very nice lady, but she's very uh, you know, sympathetic, and she's one of those that will just listen. And she's very good at what she does, and she's helped many people, including Jermaine Illuminar. He's actually talked about her before. Uh, and Thayer Munford said, hey, you know, I had to go talk to Dr. Jean. She's uh, fantastic. Well, everyone doesn't have Dr. Jean, but BetterHelp can f- help you get your Dr. Gene. If you need someone to talk to, if you need someone to just hear you out or give you some suggestions, some advice, everyone should have someone that they could turn to and it makes you feel a whole lot better. Well, that's where better therapy comes in, uh, comes into play and they can hook you up with a therapist. And if you don't like that therapist, they can hook you up with another therapist. They have so many to choose from. Uh, matter of fact, all their therapists are professionally licensed and vetted and they're available hundred percent online. They're all the benefits of in-person therapy, but it's more convenient, more accessible and more affordable. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. Things are clicking. Perfect. Then you found your Dr. Gene. If not, No worries. They can switch therapists up. It is very, very simple. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Right now, you can learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. You know, it's always a real easy, not solution, but it's always so obvious when it's right in your face when you see a team like the Kansas City Chiefs come into Allegiant Stadium and see how dominant they are and how dynamic they are. And of course, they're led by Patrick Mahomes, but he's not the only one that's out there getting it done. Their defense plays really well. I don't know how often they had Jarrett Stidham on the run on Saturday, but they did. He was on the run all game long. You know, they have guys making plays on the back end, the safeties, the corners, and, of course, they have a dynamic offense. And even though Tyreek Hill's not there, thought that that was maybe a chance for, you know, the rest of the division to catch up to him because they didn't have that, that dynamic player. 
They just plug and play someone else in there. They get a guy that has a lot of speed, like a, a Kadarius Tony that they pick up from the Giants. Uh, they just got a lot of different dudes that can do some great things and really be that dynamic team. So when you're the Raiders or any other team in the AFC West, you know what you have to do. You have to find a way to consistently beat the Chiefs. Like there's teams that'll win once, you know, but then they won't win twice. They won't sweep them. They won't. Do it consistently. You know, it's all of a sudden it's not some run. Like we talk about the rivalry that is the Chiefs and Raiders. It's not really a rivalry because it's very lopsided. Because 99% of the time, the Chiefs are winning that game. So what I know John Gruden was trying to do when he was the head coach was he was trying to build a team that could beat Kansas City. And I think he might have been onto something uh, with the speed of Ruggs and the big playability of uh, Darren Waller and the big playability of Hunter Renfro. You know, just he was putting it together, just obviously didn't have time to 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 let it play on out, and I don't think it developed quick enough, right? And obviously the defense was a big problem. So uh, the offseason for the Raiders is going to be very interesting. We know the number one subject is going to be the quarterback. Who's going to be the quarterback? Who are they going to bring in? Is this guy going to get an opportunity? Are they going to draft a guy? Like, that's going to be the whole conversation. But Raider Nation, for the Raiders, for Dave Ziegler, for Champ Kelly, for Josh McDaniels, the priorities got to be pretty much the same regardless who the quarterback is. Of course, Finding a quarterback that they're comfortable with is is definitely a priority. Finding a quarterback that Devontae Adams is comfortable with is definitely a priority. But regardless of who that QB is, there's some things that the Raiders need to do. And I got at least three good things that they need to do that we'll talk about just today as the offseason is getting underway. The first and foremost, they've got to solidify that offensive line. And what I mean by that, I think that they need a right tackle. They need to find a, a right tackle or they need to move Colton Miller over to the, the right side and, and get a new left tackle. And the Raiders are drafting seventh, right? After all the, uh, all the games that played on, on Sunday over the weekend, uh, it came down to the Raiders are picking seventh. If Seattle had lost to the Rams, then the Raiders would have been picking sixth, but they're going to pick seventh. So keep that in mind when you think about what they should do. Uh, they've got to solidify that offensive line. So uh, a right tackle. They need to get a big-time right tackle. Uh, they need to get at least one more guard and potentially move Dylan Parham to center. Right, I mean that's that's all in one one category when I'm talking about solidify the offensive line. That has got to be addressed. Again, I don't care if it's a veteran quarterback. I don't care if it's a rookie quarterback. Hell, Jared Stidham ran seven times for 50 yards on Saturday. He can't consistently do that. Everybody shouldn't have to consistently do that, right? He was getting no protection uh, every time he snapped the ball. Uh, he was on the go. He had to run just because there was the offensive line was doing him no favors. And I've heard conversations that people were hitting me up over the uh, during the game on Saturday saying, "Oh well." Uh, you guys have been saying that the offensive line is top 10. No, I haven't. <laughs> right? No, I haven't. The offensive line has overachieved or did overachieve, in my opinion. I mean, they turned out the number one rusher in the league in Josh Jacobs, so that's not shaking a stick at nothing. You know, that's not saying, like, that's not a big deal. But that, that offensive line is definitely not a top 10 offensive line. I don't know who's saying that. I don't know why they'd say that, but it's not. You know, like I said, Colton Miller, I like him. I think he's doing a good job, but you can see him the last couple of games of the season really start to get overwhelmed. There might be a case where he might need to move to right tackle and the Raiders go get the, the best left tackle available in the draft. Now, I've been on record as saying I'd like to see the Raiders just really have, uh, spend all whole, the whole draft capital on defense, but depending on how many draft picks they have, and they're in line to get some more, depending on whatever happens with Derek Carr and his situation, if they trade him, if they flat out release him, maybe they'll get a couple more draft picks in return. I'm not too sure, but they, they're in line to have a nice a nice load of, of draft capital. So if they can go maybe at number seven overall and get the best left tackle in the draft or, or best offensive tackle in the draft, I should say, that's probably something that they should that definitely consider doing. Defense, I already mentioned it. That's got to be overhauled top to bottom. I mean, seriously, when you look at that Raiders defense, and there's guys on there that I like. 
I like Nate Hobbs. I like Trayvon Merrick. Denzel Perryman is a free agent. I even like him. But I'll say this. Outside of Max Crosby, nobody on that defense is guaranteed to return. I know Amik Robertson has one more year left on his deal, and you know he makes plays at times, and he gets burned at other times. The one thing I like about Amik is he has a short memory. But they've got to address every level of the defense. They've got to go out and, and get defensive linemen from the D-tackle position to more edge rushers. They've got to get more linebackers. They've got to get corners. They've got to improve their safeties. Jerron Harmon is a free agent. He might not return, right? Rocky Yassin is a, is a free agent. I don't really care if he returns or not. I didn't think that he was anything to shake a stick at. Uh, Andrew Billings at the defensive tackle position, he's a free agent. I mean, there's a lot of dudes that are free agents, right? So they got their work cut out for them. But as far as I'm concerned, top to bottom, that defense has to be overhauled. They cannot continue to go on. It's been far too long since they've had a really solid defense. And it's a shame that it's taken this long. But that's where they're at right now. That has to be overhauled. Max Crosby is the only one on that defense that I think is, well, I know, is definitely coming back. Everyone else, they've really got to prove who they are, right? Patrick Graham and company have to sit down and say, okay, I can work with this guy, I can work with that guy. He gets it, and the rest got to go. Whatever the case is, they got a lot of one-year dues that they brought in this year, and a lot of those one-year dues that they brought in will not be back in 2023. It's just that simple. They're just not a very good defense. I mean, Kansas City had their way with them just like every other team in the league had their way with them this past year. They they had games where they were okay and they looked like they were taking steps in the right direction. I felt pretty positive about them, but all in all, man, when you look at Kansas City, remember, you've got to look at the best because at some point you've got to beat the best. If you want to consider yourself a team that's going to make a deep playoff run, you can't just depend on shooting out, out shootouts, you know, winning every game by, you know, 34-31 or 37-34. You, you just can't do that, right? I mean, think about this. A day that you're off offensively, Kansas City doesn't even have that great of a defense, but they only allowed the Raiders 13 points, <laughs> right? And the Raiders allowed 31 to Kansas City. So that defense has got to be taken care of. And then you got to re-sign Josh Jacobs. I don't care if you re-sign Josh Jacobs right now. If you franchise tag him, he's the heart and soul of that team. Again, he's a guy that did not have to play on, on Saturday. He was a guy that, you know, was at, in Tulsa, Oklahoma with his dad by his, his side who went, underwent emergency heart surgery. And only because his dad told him to go back and play, he played. Even guys in the locker room, Max Crosby told me straight up, like, man, I didn't even know the dude was going to play until he walked past me in the locker room. I didn't even know he was in town until he walked past me in the locker room. That dude's all heart. He's heart and soul. And I don't think that Josh Jacobs is going to have another 17-game, 1,600-yard season. But it's just what he brings, the toughness he brings, the heart that he brings, the mentality that he brings. I mean, the dude is is a guy who wants to win, and he wants to help this team win. So he's got to be brought back. However you want to do it, do it. Right now, according to OverTheCap.com, the Raiders are currently ninth. As far as salary cap space available in 2023, that with 34.6 million, but they do have 23 million in dead money, which is not good. But 34.6 million is the salary cap space they have right now. That has nothing to do with any money that may come off the books. That has no money, nothing to do with like Derek Carr and, and no anticipating money. Let's put it like that. That's money that they have available right now. 34.6 million dollars in salary cap space, and you know how that is. We talk about it every year. That could be changed, and that could be flipped upside down. That could be restructured. There could be so many things you could do. They could end up with $50, $50 million in cash space if they need. Maybe more than that, right? I don't. Again, I'm not doing the math on the, on the whole Derek Carr situation and others. Uh, they could have a lot more salary cap space than that. But that's the three things that they have to do. Solidify that offensive line uh, if it's through the draft and free agency, so be it. Uh, defense has to be a lot in the draft because you can't just go out and buy everybody. 
and that's not a good habit to have anyway. They really need to have, if they have 11 draft picks, eight of those cats need to be defensive, right? They've really got to overhaul that damn defense and then re-signing Josh Jacobs. And again, $34.6 million is the cap space they have. Uh, I haven't even checked to see how many draft picks they have as of right now because I do think that it's going to change before it even matters. So I think that they're going to have more draft picks when it's all said and done uh, than they currently have right now. So we'll get into that conversation later on. But those are the three things I'm looking at as priorities. And that's regardless of who the quarterback. Hell, that's that's if the quarterback was Derek Carr, (laughs) right? They would still need to do every one of those things that I just mentioned. Those have got to be where Dave Ziegler is leaning to lead lead off. And, of course, the quarterback situation is going to be a hot and heavy conversation. Quarterback position is going to be something that they're going to be paying attention to. They want to bring their guy in. But I'll tell you right now, no quarterback is going to have success if those things aren't addressed that I just mentioned. Solidifying the offensive line, overhauling the complete defense, and re-signing your heart and soul. Josh Jacobs. Got to get it done. And I think Zamir White's going to be a good back, but he ain't Josh Jacobs. <laughs> All right? He's not that, that guy. He hasn't earned that in the locker room. He's not that that dude that could provide that, that just that extra, like I said, that extra heart, that extra motivation that Josh Jacobs brings. So those are the things that I believe need to be the offseason priorities. And now that's the offseason, of course, we're going to have so much to talk about. Even as we're still watching the playoffs, we're going to have plenty to talk about when it comes to the offseason. Coming up in segment number three, going to actually let you hear uh, a couple players in the Raiders locker room following the game. We talked to Deron Harmon, Max Crosby, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. We'll let you hear at least a couple of those coming up in segment number three after I talked to you about this game that I really like that I just about described almost in segment number two. That's the ultimate football GM. It's that time of year. It's the offseason, right? So this is when the ultimate football GM kicks in here on the podcast. Well, you can, if you want to do more than just listen to it and talk about it back and forth with me, you could also play the game. This game is basically making you an NFL GM. This is putting you in the shoes of Dave Ziegler. Hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your your team through a free agency, and all the ups and downs of a season. It is so challenging and realistic. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and is playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. All you got to do is right now, all uh, Locked On Raider podcast listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That's all caps. That's Locked On. It's in the game store. Locked On in all caps. Make sure you check it out today. You want to download the game? Visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app store. It's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your fantasy today. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Got a lot of players that we had an opportunity to talk to in the locker room following the game on Saturday. Uh, felt like that was going to be the final time that we got an opportunity, but we will have an opportunity a little bit later on uh, this morning, depending on what, you're, what time you're listening to this. Maybe this already happened. But around 10.15 in the morning uh, to about 11 a.m. Pacific time is when the open locker room will be for the final time for a very long time. And then all of a sudden we're going to really go into the offseason and we won't be talking to Coach Josh McDaniels. Uh, hopefully we get an opportunity to talk to Dave Ziegler this morning as well. I'm not too sure, but that's all going to start around 9.30. But we did get an opportunity to talk to a couple of the players in the locker room following. Again, Deron Harmon, who is a free agent. Max Crosby, you know he'll be back. Darren Waller's got that contract extension. Adams got that contract extension. And Josh Jacobs, who's a free agent. But I do believe, through my heart of hearts, that he'll be back in 2023. So let's go ahead and start off with Josh Jacobs because he did not know 
that he was going to be playing. Matter of fact, he had already determined that he wasn't going to be playing in the game on Saturday, but because of his pops and he had the the, the name pops on his uh, on his eye black on his that he was wearing on his face uh, when he was out there on the game on Saturday. Uh, this is a dude that man. I mean, he 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 loves his family. Uh, we all have heard the stories about his family uh, living with his pops and his in a in a vehicle being homeless when he was a kid. I mean, so uh, that really hit home when when his pops and and uh, he has to go through emergency heart surgery. And on top of that, his six year old son is the one that had call 911. I mean, just think about that. Thank goodness that he did call and made the right call. And then Josh having to explain to his his son what was going on. Uh, it's very emotional, man. So here's Josh Jacobs. Good little chunk of conversation we had with him in the Raiders locker room following the game on Saturday. Josh, after the week that you experienced, and you just take us through the emotions. It's sort of a roller coaster for you, but remember the decision to come back to Las Vegas to play. Yeah. Uh, really, it wasn't my decision. I wasn't going to come back. Uh, for me, family always, you know, before anything, uh, especially, you know, the severity of uh, what was going on and what, what's, what's currently going on. Um, but, you know, my dad uh, had woke up and uh, he told me he wanted me to play, so that's why I'm here. There's a report that we read that my son actually is the one that called 911. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, so, yeah, my son, I mean, uh, my son and, and, and my dad are like best friends, like, you know, so they always like, you can't, you always see one, you always see the other, but um, man, I'm just, probably, I'm just happy, you know, he's, he's really smart enough to, you know, understand what was going on in that situation. Um, you know, it was rough for me trying to explain to him, you know, uh, what happened and, and stuff like that, so. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I told him I'm proud of him. my pops. My pops said he is hero, so, yeah. When was it that he uh, woke up and told you he wanted you to play? Yesterday. Oh, yeah, I got in late last night. Late last night. Really, really probably ran off, running off of four or five hours of sleep right now. I'm kind of, you know, out of it, but, yeah. And he had surgery Wednesday. Yeah, he had surgery. Um, keep going up and down. Uh, you know, he he has a unique heart. Um, his heart is like backwards compared to like you know a normal heart. Um, so the surgery took longer than than expected, and, um, and it's and it's been a lot of hiccups uh, in the last few days. So yeah. The fact that he told you that he, he wanted you to play today, how much was today's game for him? This was probably the hardest game I've ever played. Uh, not in the sense of physical or anything like that. Just mentally, you know, like trying to stay in it, you know, like being on the sideline and having too much time to think, you know, and um, think about what's going on and think about, you know, steps I've been, you know, being being a rock, being a rock of your family. It, it's it's never easy when 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 you know the person that's your rock, you know, um, is, is going through it. So it's just been it's just been an interesting time for me. When you the week, how much support would you say you've been able to get from your teammates who got having your back? Yeah, man. Uh, that's what made coming back, you know, good. I mean, basically the whole team. I mean, even even people upstairs, you know, that don't really work with me every day. Um, I definitely got that love and uh, that that support. Um, I mean, when I when I told Josh, you know, I was thinking about you know going home because the situation was going on. They, everybody had my back with it, you know, and uh, and they knew it wasn't really about football, so. I appreciate them, you know. That's just the love that they got for me, and I got the same type of love for them. When you're watching Monday Night Football and what takes place, and then the next day 
how surreal is that? Like, you, you know, your every NFL player's mind is on Hamlin, and all of a sudden yeah. for you, boom. Yeah, it came. It became, it became even more real. I mean, you. I mean, you think about what happened on the field. I mean, that's a reality for a lot of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, just with this sport and how physical it is. Um, you know, and it was crazy because we was, you know, talking about it, praying, praying for him, for, for you know, for Demar, and then for me to have experience, you know, my pops with, with his heart. It just, you know, it, it hit a little more home. How much does it put it all in perspective? I mean, after obviously the Lamar situation and your dad, and then, you know, at the end of the day, I, mean, I know it means a lot, but it's just a game. Yeah, man, I mean, I looked at it from a few perspectives. You know, I, I obviously I, I, I thought about, you know, the risk and things like that. Uh, but also, it's like, man, it made me cherish these moments. You know, you don't, you don't, you never know when your last play is. You never know when your last game, you know, your last second and last moment with the team. Um, doing, doing, playing the game, and you know, doing, doing something you love. Uh, so for me, it just, it just put me in a different perspective. I mean, obviously, with, with my pops, um, I just, I just wanted to be there for him. You know, and uh, let him know that he had my support. Um, and, you know, and let him know that you know he's a fighter. And, um, that we love him, you know, and that we got him. So, is it, is it plan to return home? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely gonna go back. Yeah. When, when it happened at Demar, you know, obviously worldwide, league-wide, country-wide, everyone prayers everywhere. Mm -hmm. But this is something that happens to everyday people. It yeah. Happens to your pops, and then I don't know if you're aware, but a local young lady at high school on a flag football field, she collapsed and passed away Thursday. Yeah. After everything. Um, it, it, it's a very real thing where it's just everyday people that can suffer for something. Yeah, man, I mean, it's just putting in perspective, you know, how precious life is in general. You know, uh, I think we get caught up, especially in this sport, you know, with the outcomes of things, with, with wins and with, with losses and how good you played and, and things like that. But you kind of forget that, you know, like life is more important, you know. Um, and for me, man, I mean, that's all I'm caring about right now, you know. Uh, you know, trying to be there for my for my dad, but also you know my son. Um, with him having to go through that and experience that, you know, without anybody being there, um, you know, and I had to try to explain to him that you know he did good. You know, he was thinking that he did something wrong and things like that. And, uh, just being a rough time. So there was Josh Jacobs, and I don't care what team that dude plays for. Uh, like I said, I do believe he'll be back with the Raiders in 2023. I have all the respect in the world for that dude. I mean, I really, really do. Ever since he was drafted back in 2019, of course, I had that conversation with him the day before he got drafted, but uh, just a dude that's got his head on straight, a dude that's been through trials and tribulations and come out on the other side of things, and uh, just a dude that, that that means a lot. You know, means a lot to the organization. He's the kind of guy that you want to have in your locker room. That's why I think that it's a must that they bring him back in 2023. So that was some good stuff right there from running back Josh Jacobs. And the last guy that I'll let you hear from, uh, because Josh Jacobs was a little bit longer, was Devontae Adams. There's been conversation about Devontae Adams. Is he going to want to come back uh, without Derek Carr? What's the scenario going to be? I have no doubt that Devontae is going to be back because I have no doubt that the Raiders are going to make sure he's happy about the quarterback that's going to be throwing him the ball. But we got a couple minutes to catch up with Devontae following the game. Here's that conversation. Devontae, obviously you guys came into this year with, with high expectations and things didn't go the way you guys wanted to. Uh, how do you guys sort of move forward from here? The core guys, the leaders of the team, and just the team as a whole and try to improve next year? Just... <clears throat> figure out, I mean, obviously all, all around we got to kind of diagnose exactly what it was that led to, you know, us coming up short like this and then fix it with personnel, scheme, everything that you, you know, so we got a lot of time to, to figure that out. So 
hopefully we do something real uh you know not drastic but you know, we got to make we got to make some changes you know as far as whether it's the way we play or you know or otherwise so we got time to figure that out going into offseason there's a lot of uncertainty especially at the quarterback position and other places on the roster as a team leader do you kind of take even more you know Responsibility for yourself to kind of be a state of force in the locker room if you're franchise. Well, I mean, regardless of that, being a good leader is not, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not situational. It's not something that you do just because of this or because of that. You got to kind of stay even keel and, and, and have your mind in the right place for for other people, even when you're not doing the best mentally. And it doesn't mean showing emotion, but it means just holding it together and and being, a, you know, being enough of a, of a presence for your teammates to be able to fall back home when they're not doing great. So. I've been in this position before where, you know, you come up a little bit short, but it's a little bit different when you don't even get a chance to, you know, to, you know, get, get to dance. So, um, like I said, we got time to figure it out and diagnose exactly what it is that has led to this type of season and uh, fix it and come back, you know, with the right mindset next year. What's your first rating here? As far as team sat playing? I mean, sure. Anytime you don't make the playoffs, so, I mean, this is my third time not, not making the playoffs. So at the end of the day, it's, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I'm not here to label and put on, put a, a title as this is the most frustrating, but it's always frustrating. Anytime you don't win the whole thing, it's frustrating. So um, you know, I'd love to have a better shot at trying to get into it than, than what we did this year, though. Is there a bit more of a leap that this is finally over? No, I mean... <laughs> I don't. I don't really understand how that would be a relief. It's a. It'd be a relief if we finally were in the playoffs, but not that the year's over. No. Do you have confidence that it can get turned around? You know, you say you got to make some changes in the off season, but yeah. you feel good it'll go in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be talking about be, remaining a, a Raider if I didn't believe that. So, you know, obviously I do think that's, that's the case. Just this season, is it more about just finishing the job? I mean, five games where you guys had the lead, and obviously things could have been different had those results started to balance What's your question? Do you feel like part of it is also just knowing that learning off this year, finishing the job next year, and knowing you guys can probably bounce back on get, get a winning record, get back to the playoffs after knowing how close you guys were this year? Uh, yeah. So there's Devontae Adams right there um, following the game on Saturday. And, you know, you heard him answer my question about is he confident that the right decisions are going to be made in the offseason to get this team in the direction where they need to go? And he said, yeah, that's why I said that I want to come back to the Raiders. So, uh, again, for anyone who thinks that he's not coming back, and I see a lot of the reports on Twitter, he ain't coming back, he's pissed off at the Raiders, that is not the case. But as a superstar wide receiver, as a guy that they traded for, as a guy that is with the organization because of a quarterback that most likely will not be with the team in 2023. Matter of fact, I'm guaranteed he won't be with the team in 2023. And Derek Carr, he he's, he deserves to at least have the conversation of, hey, who's the guy coming in? Kind of be consulted about it. I think that I think that's right. I think sometimes you need to do that. Talk to your stars and say, hey, this is what we're thinking about doing. What do you think? Even if he doesn't agree, even if you don't, Decide to go with what he says. At least run it by him. So uh, there was Devontae Adams in the Raiders locker room following the game. Again, we talked to Deron Harmon, Max Crosby, and Darren Waller as well. We'll get to that coming up on tomorrow's show. Plus any sound that I get from the locker room today. Uh, some sound from head coach Josh McDaniels. I mean, we got a lot to get to uh, in a short amount of time, but we're going to do it. It is the offseason. It doesn't stop. Many people at the torch on Saturday asked me, do you keep doing the podcast in the offseason? Absolutely. This is every day. It's every day, Monday through Friday, all year long. It doesn't change. They go into off-season mode here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Not the Lockdown Raiders podcast, but Lockdown Podcast Network. They'll go into off-season mode where we're only required to do three shows a week. But that's not my get-down. My get-down is every single day. That's what we do. Just like my radio shows five days a week, 
the the podcast is five days a week as well. Every once in a while, there's an exception. If something happens or, I don't know, I go on vacation or something, then, then maybe it's a little bit different. But for the most part, it's every single day. So Raider Nation, you can get your Raider fix here on the show. And, of course, on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, every single day. Monday through Friday. So thank you so much. We're off to the offseason. Uh, while the playoffs are going to get going and getting ramped up, I'm excited tonight about the national championship game. Uh, it's Samir White versus Trayvon Merrick, Georgia versus TCU. And I do talk to Trayvon Merrick in the locker room every day about, about TCU, and uh, he's amped up about this game tonight. So I can't wait to see how it all shakes out. I really hope TCU wins this one, man. It'd be cool to see the Horned Frogs, the little small Baptist school there in, uh, <laughs> in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, a little small school, a little private school, ain't supposed to be there, is now sitting in the national championship game. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, uh, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby. <laughs>